Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Yasmin Jindali with Starwood Business Group. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Great to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Starwood. How are you serving folks? Well, uh, Starwood, since 2005, we have been helping Metro Atlanta business owners when they're ready to transition out of business ownership and into the next chapter of their uh, career or retirement or whatever the case might be. So we help people uh, sell their business. So bottom line, my business is selling your business. Now, is uh, as as a business owner myself... Um, Maybe I'm not spending enough time thinking about the end of how I would like the story to end, but do you find that most business owners are kind of in the grind of kind of growing their business and they're not kind of looking at what happens, you know, when I'm ready to retire or I want to do a different thing and they're not really kind of, it's not in on their radar and maybe it should be sooner than later. That's a, that's a very good point. And you're right. We can't discount the, um, importance and necessity of people focusing on their business, right? Operating it uh, fully and, and making it as, as profitable as possible. But at the same time, you do need to have an exit strategy, an exit plan, um, at least in mind, if not in place. You don't ever have to implement it or act on it, but at least you need to have some kind of exit strategy in your thought process. Um, and truly, that's the main reason why um, in, on the 17th of September, uh, I'm hosting a seminar that's specifically designed to help business owners prepare their business for sale, for a future sale. Um, you know, ideally, people will start thinking about this at least three, four years before the event. Uh, that gives them time to prepare their financials and get everything ready to go when the right buyer comes along. Now, do you find that too many people are kind of selling their business um, out of necessity rather than have planned for it? And because of that, they're maybe not getting the optimal value or they're overestimating the value of their business? Well, um, I'll take the tail end of that question first. Uh, A good professional broker won't allow business owners to overestimate the value of their business, right? Well, a good professional broker will give an honest assessment and valuation of the business and the cash flow and come up with a fair and justifiable uh, value and suggested uh, market price for for the business. So um, that's, that's the important thing. But uh, people come to us really at all stages of their uh, career. Sometimes people have to sell for, you know, health issues or divorce reasons or what have you. I would say it's a mixed mixed bag, um, but probably leaning to the majority of people contact us when they're ready to sell at that at that time. 
Now, you mentioned that when you're working with a business broker or when it's time to sell, at some point, somebody has to kind of um, create a valuation of the company. I would guess, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that the business owner rarely has um, overestimated I mean, has rarely underestimated the value that they've always in their head have picked a number that they thought it was that when you're doing an actual valuation, that number is lower than what the business owner thinks it was. Um, Well, not always. Sometimes people do have a, you know, their finger on the pulse of of what's going on. But um, I do find that a lot of times people do have unrealistic expectations of the value of their business, or they just really have no idea. I mean, if you think about it, most people, they're, they're, experts in running their business, whatever that industry happens to be, you know, you're an expert in this media uh, business that you operate, you're not an expert in selling the business. So most people really don't have a good idea of what their business is worth. And that's why starting out from the very beginning of the process, with a thorough and fair justifiable valuation, is one of the most important things. And I'm really proud to say that uh, the businesses that we've sold, um, the average selling price to listing price runs anywhere from 86 to 92%. And that's a pretty darn good average, if I do say so myself. Now, when a, when a person is trying to or is about to sell their business, what are kind of the drivers of getting that highest valuation? Like, what are the um, kind of metrics that matter when it comes to selling their business? There's quite a few of them. Uh, Obviously, you want to make sure that your financials, your books and records are clean, accurate, match across the board. Your P&Ls match with your tax returns, match with your um, sales reports from whatever you know system you're using. That's super important. Um, you want to make sure that you have a good infrastructure in place of staff um, that's knowledgeable and can help during the transition period. Um, having a good staff and and policies and procedures in place makes a business you know more valuable uh, because when a business is. Uh, revolves solely around the owner of the business, there's always concerns about what happens. Well, if if Lee's gone, right, what's going to happen to the business if he's not here hosting the show anymore? And so that's why it's super important to have an infrastructure in place that is easily transferable to a new owner. So those are just a couple of the important factors to keep in mind as you're preparing the business for sale. Now, how do you kind of um, put a number on things that are difficult to quant- quantify, like the strength of the brand or uh, loyal customers or uh, potential in markets that they're not in yet? Right. Well, brand and customers, those are things that you currently have that if they are strong enough and doing well enough, they should be generating revenue and cash flow for you, right? So they theoretically, when we're running these valuations, you're getting that value built in because, you know, if you have 
a, a mailing list of, of 10,000 clients, but you only have 2,000 that are active, for example, and, and generating revenue, recur, you know, recurring revenue for you. A 10,000 client base is, you know, it's nice to have, but it's not worth very much if it's not making you money. So it really all boils down to uh, revenue and uh, even more importantly, cash flow. In terms of future business, um, we don't, well, we don't here in my firm uh, value based on potential future performance because we just never know what's going to happen. A good solid valuation is going to look at the business as it is now. You look at three or four years historical financials to make sure you're on the right trend. The business is trending in the right direction, but you'll look at what's happening now. So keep in mind, a buyer will buy a business because they see that future potential for growth, but they're not going to pay you for that potential because it's going to be their hard work and effort and investment that gets the business there. Now, um, in I've read in some places that they, that some types of companies have different, they call them multiples. Um, can you talk about what that means and um, how you calculate that? Sure. That's a, that's a great question. And yes, different industries have different multiples. And so in our world here of business brokerage, small to medium-sized businesses, we're usually talking about multiples of cash flow which you would see listed as SDC, seller's discretionary cash flow, or SDE, seller's discretionary earnings. Um, but that's pretty much the same thing. So e each business, each industry has typical multiples. So once you figure out what the cash flow is, then you look at the industry and you say, okay, typically in this business, in this industry, rather, businesses will sell for you know, let's call it a three multiple of their cash flow. So that's just one way. When we do our valuation, it's got several different methodologies in it to make sure that we um, we do a fair evaluation and we're not overvaluing one piece over another. In terms of where those um, multiples come from, we have access to comps, to sales and historical sales of, of businesses in almost every industry. So we can go in and do a search for a particular industry over a specific period of time, or even narrow it down to businesses that have similar revenue and cash flow to the one that we're analyzing. So the comps are out there, thankfully, and we can get a really good idea of what's happening in the marketplace by accessing those databases. And the multiples can vary dramatically industry to industry, right? Like, so if you were selling a CPA firm might have a different multiple than a manufacturer that might have a different one than a software as a service technology yeah. firm. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the saying is the um, rules of thumb are only good for measuring thumbs, <laughs> but I guess you could say most businesses will sell for some multiple of two and a half to four, four and a half multiple of their cash flow. There are specific industries that do demand higher uh, multiples, maybe they're particularly specialized or niche, or there's not very many of them around. Um, and also, you know, the higher the cash flow, the more it's going to be worth. So there's a lot of factors um, going into it. But first step is making sure that you calculate cash flow accurately and correctly. So once you have that basis, 
that correct basis, everything that you build upon it um, will be uh, that much stronger. Now, when you're working with a client, is this something that you're kind of first kind of benchmarking and doing an assessment? Like you said, that you would want to have a conversation with a seller, um, you know, several years before they sell. So to put their house in order, is this something that you're talking to them about and go, hey, you know what? Cash flow is an important driver of your end value here. So let's spend the next three to four years kind of doing whatever we can to get that number higher. Yes, that's right. So we'll do the valuation. And if we determine that it's not the right time or the right price for uh, the business owner, we will sit down and discuss a strategy and say, okay, if you want, if you want your, your sales price to be, you know, X somewhere in this neighborhood, then your cash flow needs to be Y. And this is what you can do to get it there. So absolutely part of what we do is help in that preparation to help them not only maximize the value of their business, but also it's really important to plan ahead and be ready for when you have the right buyer in place, uh, you don't really want a lot of um, big questions coming up during due diligence. You want things to be smooth and organized and prepared, and that helps the buyer feel that much more confident in uh, in the business that they're acquiring. Now, when you're targeting a buyer, is I, 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 I hope that you're not just saying, okay, you put a for sale sign out in front and then whoever happens to drive by says, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to do this. But you're being more strategic and saying, you know what, maybe let's kind of put uh, potential buyers in buckets. One bucket might be my competitors. One bucket might be my vendors or my employees or one bucket might be people who buy these kind of businesses. Like, do you kind of kind of strategize on how to target and build relationships with these appropriate buyers so that when the time comes, you're not starting from ground zero, that you already kind of have an ongoing relationship with the people that are potential buyers? Yes. Well, we have an existing database of several thousand prospective buyers that for some reason or other just haven't found the right opportunity for them. So we do mine that uh, regularly and introduce them to opportunities as they become available on the market. Um, you know, there's no shortage of buyers out there. There's 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 plenty of great buyers. It's just a matter of price pricing the business. If you price it right, um, it it will sell. And in in the to go back to your uh, first part of this statement. That's what differentiates business brokerage from, say, real estate. Uh, you're very right. In real estate, you know, they put a sign in the front of the house and the buyer's agent and their folks, they come and take a look and they make an offer. Um, it's very, very different on the business side of things because confidentiality and discretion are of the utmost importance. So you want to sell the business as quickly as possible for the best price possible without anybody ever knowing that it's for sale. <laughs> so that makes it a very interesting dynamic where you have to uh, put it out there, but at the same time, be very careful because you don't want to do anything to disrupt the operation of the business, the relationships that they have with vendors. Um, a lot of folks don't want their staff to know that they're selling a business, the business. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it from that regard. And of course, we discuss potential acquisitions by competitors. Um, sometimes it's a viable option. Sometimes it's not. It just depends on the business and the industry. And those are all things that we explore with the owner ahead of time before even getting the business on the market. 
Now, when you're working um, with a buyer, are you, is a buyer the same person that would buy a franchise that they're saying, hey, you know what, I wanted to buy a, a franchise, but why don't I just buy this business instead? Is that the same type of person that's kind of going through that process that they're looking for an opportunity or looking for, you know, um, you know, maybe to fund their retirement or, or help their kid find a career path. Like what is, um, the kind of the mindset of a person that's buying an existing business versus maybe a person that's considering buying a franchise? Um, there is some overlap, but generally what I have found is that people who, um, are looking for existing businesses to buy, um, are, have maybe a little bit more independence in their entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, franchises, um, many of them do offer quite a bit of support and that's important to a lot of people, but to others, they say, no, you know what? I don't want to be, uh, tied down by any specific rules or obligations. I want to do it my way, but I want to build on what somebody else has already, uh, done and learn from their mistakes and there's benefit to buying an existing business that has revenue cash flow and a client base from day one so um, i would say the biggest difference is uh, how much support they feel that they need from an existing in a franchise infrastructure and uh, how independent they would like to be versus uh, how much they would like things to be planned out for them now, in your business, are you focusing primarily on independent businesses? Or are you kind of reselling franchises for folks? Uh, we do both. We do both. The vast majority are independent businesses, but we do uh, represent franchises as well. Now, um, if you were giving advice to someone that's considering selling, how would you kind of vet a business broker? Uh, I would vet the business broker, number one, obviously, how long they've been in business doing what they do. Uh, I would ask them about their closing rate, their listing versus selling rate. Uh, I would ask them about their listing versus selling price. That's also very important because, unfortunately, you have a lot of people who will say, oh, yeah, hey, Lee, you want $5 million for your business? Sure, no problem. Sign here. I'll get you $5 million. When in reality, um, that's not anywhere near uh, what what's going to actually happen. So you if the, the ratio of listing price to selling price is way off, that means that they're probably overvaluing their businesses just to get those agreements signed. Um, and then, you know, obviously look at the reviews and, and all those things that people typically do when they're looking for a service provider, a professional service provider. But really it boils down to, as in any business, people will do business with those that they know and like and trust. So you have to find someone that you feel is a good fit for you, somebody who is going to represent your business in the best possible way, be knowledgeable enough to speak to prospective buyers about your business and answer questions, and um, that you feel has your best interests at heart and can really help you put together a good, strong deal when it comes time to negotiate the offer. Now, uh, can you share a story of maybe a business you work with that uh, maybe came in not perfect, but through your efforts and counsel, you were able to help them kind of get a, a great valuation that they were like, wow, thank you so much kind of experience? Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking that great question. Uh, there's quite a few, but one that sticks to my mind and I'm, you know, obviously don't, yeah, don't name the name. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to mention right. names, but uh, it was the two gentlemen been uh, best friends and partners for decades and decades, and they were contemplating the sale of their business. They came to me um, and we did evaluation. They weren't quite ready. So it was a four year long process before we got to the point where they felt ready that the price was where they wanted it to be and they were ready to actually retire and so every year they would send me their updated financials and tax returns i'd revisit the valuation update it for them see where they were now in the marketplace and um you know give them some tips and guidance along the way of okay watch this expense it looks like it's getting a little higher or um this is a great source of revenue for you and um by the end of the day uh, by the end of it all about four years later we listed the business and um i think we sold it for 97 percent of asking price so that was a really uh, great experience and fulfilling for me personally and, and i think for them as well if I'm not mistaken, one of the partners is still in uh, Florida in his condo by the beach. <laughs> <laughs> now, in your work, is this something that the client pays for, um, like services rendered, or is this something like a traditional, like a real estate broker where you only get paid at the sale? That's right. So um, ours is a success fee. So we only get compensated when we are successful. So if we're able to put together a win-win deal for our client and for the buyer and everybody's happy. Um, we get to the closing table, the seller gets paid, we get compensated for our efforts and that's how it works. So if I don't sell your business, I don't get paid. And that's why I'm quite particular about the businesses that I usually take on to represent because it's a significant investment of time and effort and resources to market a business and deal with buyers and do all the things that you have to do. And so that's why I like to make sure that I'm working with good quality businesses and sellers that have realistic expectations of the process and value um, and are cooperative with the process as well. And then uh, you mentioned an upcoming um, webinar or a, uh, a, seminar. a seminar that you're doing. Uh, if somebody wants to learn more about your services, uh, I know that seminar is coming up, but also is there a website uh, where they can kind of educate themselves about the process and, and kind of get a hold of you? Absolutely. Starwoodbusinessgroup.com. All of our contact information is there. Information about the seminar is there. It's a Friday, September 17th in Alpharetta. Um, and uh, we've, we do have a few seats left. So hoping we can uh, have more folks join us so they can learn and benefit. There's no pressure. There's no obligation. You don't have to list your business with me. I hope you do sometime in the future, but you're absolutely not obligated to. We're doing this just truly to help people prepare. And like you said, kind of step out of the bubble of managing and operating the business and just think a little bit more long term so they can at least have some kind of plan in place. Well, Yasmin, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Lee. Always happy to talk to you and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.